Zoom in on global affairs with insightful debates and exclusive interviews. This is World Insight. Hello and welcome to World Insight with me, Tian Wei. This week, I'm in the city of San Francisco, covering the bilateral summit between China and the United States and the Asia-Pacific Economic Leaders Meeting this week. A regional economic forum established in 1989, APEC today has become a beacon for economic globalization, free trade, and multilateral governance. The Asia-Pacific region stands at the center of the global economy, driving both growth and innovation. On these and more, I talked to Frank Ning, chairman of the APEC China Business Council. He has also been a longtime APEC member. Mr. Ning, what a pleasure to see you. Talking about the APEC Economic Leaders Meeting Week, many are expecting this bilateral between Chinese and U.S. presidents. Now, you've been having APEC meetings with your colleagues coming from Asia Pacific. Mm. Tell me more about what is the expectations of the business community. The business community are expecting a high level achievement and uh, they want to see a real cooperation start between the two countries. They want to see business as usual. They want to go back to this uh, normal trading and uh, investment uh, business relationship. So, but in the meantime, I think they are realistic. They know this not going to be resolved uh, immediately. So uh, they, they see there's going to be a starting discussion back, back on to track to in a normal way. And the business can follow, can still, uh, let's say, implement and uh, conduct their own business in different countries. Usually the APAC members would meet the political leaders uh, during the APEC CEO summit and also throughout the week of the APEC economic leaders meeting. What are some of the suggestions related to possibly this bilateral meeting that you and your colleagues are likely to provide to the political leaders? You know, all these companies, all these business, they actually, they, they want to see business normal as usual. They want to see the old days, you know, the two-side cooperation, uh, integration of the economy, and uh, they want to see a few layer of things. They want to see trade become uh, open and normal. There will be less restriction, less uh, sanction, and, uh, and it's a normal policy on trade. Mm. And also on technology, investment, finance, everything. So uh, we used to have uh, quite a uh, cooperative policy in the past, and uh, there's an interruption. Now we want to back, go back to normal mm. to see there's a further cooperation and a further uh, working together sort of environment uh, that the business can grow in this region. You know, Asia-Pacific region representing more than 60% of the global economy. And uh, also this is a region uh, growing the fastest. Uh, globally. So there are more sort of innovation and uh, of, of technology and uh, market uh, size and the population growth, everything. This is the region lead of the global growth. So as a business, I think they have to focus on this re- in this region and uh, to try to make a, a, a progress and uh, try to grow their business. So compared to other areas, 
this is uh, this is the center of the of the of the power mm-hmm. and to drive the growth. How do people, especially your peers, look at the Chinese business? We understand the IMF recently had just uh, uh, tilted up the expectations for Chinese economic growth uh, to about uh, more than five percent, five point three to five point four. So, how do you and your peers are looking at the prospect oh, of Chinese they, they, economy? They 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 think is is the hope, is the center, and is the engine. Despite of the fact that the China's economic growth has oh, been slowed yeah. down I mean, everybody, somewhat, everybody everybody spending China's economy go back to track and no more growth, uh, not not as as fast as before, but it's still a, a driving uh, engine uh, of of this in this region. So um, uh, I think a lot of our colleagues in APEC uh, visited China recently after the pandemic, and a lot of them find that China still China. This is what they told me, uh, and they say uh, things are getting normal, recovering. But they know it's recovering slowly. They they still say there's less foreigners than before in China, and uh, but foreigners are coming back. Mm. So there's less investment, but investment is coming back, but gradually uh, to build confidence and build this business channel uh, as before. But uh, I think it's a, it's. A, uh, I think there's in business there are much less uh, confrontational mentality. They find opportunities. They find uh, uh, will China grow as before? Or will China provide more kind of uh, investment or trading opportunity for them? Mm. It's something they are looking for very eagerly. Mm. Yeah. When you're saying back on track, yeah. uh, what exactly the Thing that you are trying to describe here. We, we're talking about. Uh, are you talking about like a time frame of one to two years, two to three years, or about five years? What, you know, what are we in, talking in, about? In here? our discussion, uh, in our proposal to the leaders, so uh, we propose uh, we want to implement the FTAP, uh, FTAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to help to see the WTO uh, functioning properly, and we want to see China. Still open its door, open its market. We want to see uh, China still welcome foreign investment, and we want to see China, uh, let's say, will have a less policy sudden change uh, to surprise them, and uh, they want to see uh, sort of uh, they want to see a longer uh, uh, policy uh, in the Chinese market mm-hmm. to enable them to really to make their own plan. So in the meantime, I think we want to see the Western countries, particularly the America, uh, U.S. They want to see them say uh, less geopolitical things, and less uh, registration on investment, or less less uh, kind of uh, intervention on trading, or sanction on many other things. So let's say they go back to normal, which means uh, you know we follow the, uh, the 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 rules of WTO in the past. And all this, all this uh, uh, free trade agreement in the past. Some of the other discussions is whether there's going to be consensus, for example, between China and United States about trade. We know there has been certain kinds of sanctions. There are different kinds of uh, restrictions in terms of policy coming from the U.S. side originally. Yeah. So, how do you see this discussion is happening uh, from ABAC's perspective among the policymakers at this moment? You know, the APEC position is very clear. Even the APEC members from the U.S., 
from any other Western countries. They share the same view. They want to see this is a global market, can be looked at from a, a free trade or economic integration point of view. Instead of involving or putting the things into politics or other things to mix them together to make business difficult. So I think it's a, uh, uh, from, from, from the APEC point of view, our recommendation, our press release, will all say we are organizations supporting uh, uh, globalization, right. supporting free trade, supporting regional, it means APEC areas, uh, economic integration. And uh, we don't want to see any kind of decoupling or any kind of uh, sanction, other things. Fragmentation. Yeah, fragmentation too. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You are the chair of the Sustainable Development yeah. uh, Committee of ABAC. Yeah. There are a lot of global issues, whether it's food security, climate change, and some of the others on the list that you are working with your colleagues. Yeah. So let's go through some of these. All right. COP28 coming up. We see many as this as a platform to discuss some important topics related to right, the top right, 28. Right, right. So what are the current status of discussion right now? It's a, it's, it's a very uh, intense discussion on sustainability. And uh, the reason for why we spend so much effort and time on this, because we are well behind schedule. Mm -hmm. We're behind the schedule of the, you say, COP28, SDGs. SDG, but now only 15% of the SDG uh, target can be reasonably moved in line with the, with the plan. But all the other things are well, well behind. Mm -hmm. For greenhouse emissions, we're supposed to uh, reduce them by 7% last year. But actually, the greenhouse emission last year raised 1.5%. You can see the whole thing is getting, I mean, the window is very, kind of, uh, is, is, uh, the window time is uh, very limited. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we don't have time. So they, we, that's why the AB, uh, the, the, the APEC uh, members uh, recommend to the leaders um, on reduction and uh, reduction, adaption, mm -hmm. transition, everything. They have to, they have to take a we call them coherent, bold, and the deliberate and the urgent action. I see. To really reach this uh, kind of a temperature uh, rising, this uh, goal, so that you know, uh, the temperature will not rise over uh, two degrees. Yeah. Given some of the latest changes in the world, for example, geopolitics, some countries, including those uh, in Europe, going back to coal power plant. Of course, China has also been criticized yeah, yeah. as a result of this. This is one trend that we are seeing. Another trend is new technologies such as green technologies, such as electronic cars, right. uh, which can be a great contribution for yeah. all of us to achieve the SDGs. Now it's being investigated upon uh, oh, the technologies yeah, yeah. of it or the batteries uh, manufacturing related to it has been investigated by some economies uh, with the name of uh, 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 better protection. That's why uh, we say the COP28 uh, must be able to reach uh, 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 unanimous agreement. 
and to put all the countries, all the efforts together uh, to fight for a fight against this uh, climate change. China is leading the way today. I mean, China's uh, solar, uh, hydro, uh, wind, renewable energies, renewable, uh, even 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 uh, even nuclear energy, all leading the way globally. So China now is the largest uh, sort of solar energy producer, and uh, also the, one of the largest of uh, hydropower, uh, and also is increase the, the the percent of uh, percentage of their this so renewable or green energy percent now reached by the the global share thirty five percent yes starting from one to two percent in the last ten years so you can see the efforts made by China I mean so, I mean I think that all the ABM members everybody uh, all the all the seminar discussions uh, recognize the achievement of, of China in this in this area but for electric car Again, we have to balance things. I mean, this is somebody, someone want to see a sort of a growth of economy. They want to use more coal, coal-powered energy to drive the growth of economy. Uh, maybe they want to see more employment or, or, or taxation or other things, other income. But in the meantime, you take care of this, uh, of this uh, 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 sustainability issue. And, uh, and uh, I think that, uh, particularly this uh, electric car things, uh, I think it's purely a trade sort of uh, argument. I think it's very much uh, they want, because China is leading the way, China is going to sell, uh, become the largest car export country. And uh, even in this country, in, in the US, in Europe, yeah. you see more and more electric car made by the Chinese. It's something they have to accept, but they want to slow it down a little bit because they want to see. Uh, something happened domestically in their own country, uh, they can also uh, manufacture uh, this uh, electric car. Now, you have been in the food industry and related yeah. for decades. Right. So tell me about your assessment. How are we coming to consensus at least to deal with food security issue as a global challenge, particularly for global yeah, south, I think the that, least developed uh, economies? APEC Business Advisory Council uh, also spend uh, quite a time on food security. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, study, research, expert ideas being presented in the last few days. So uh, in general, I think globally, food is enough. Okay, we, the human being can produce enough food to feed themselves. Then what is the problem here? Exactly. I mean, uh, and, and, and uh, even even the agriculture land still limited, okay. But uh, we we rely on two things. Mm -hmm. One, we rely on technology. Uh, you see the yield of land in the agriculture uh, products has been rising uh, steadily in the last few decades because of the seeds, nutrition, and uh, crop protection technology. So they 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 almost they almost double the output of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the food production. Mm -hmm. Now, I think, but in different countries, uh, you see different level of productivity. So for food production, uh, we suggest we should treat this food production as a sort of a super commodity and to share technology 
share all the expertise with my other countries. So, uh, and, and uh, not, not use food or grain as a weapon mm. to do anything else. That's technology. Second is free trade. Mm -hmm. The waste hemisphere uh, uh, representing, I think, about 60% about of the agrable land, mm -hmm. but uh, less than 30% of the population. So the east hemisphere representing much less land, a much larger population. So you, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's something given by nature. So you have to allow them to trade freely. And uh, uh, we, uh, I think uh, no, no country should use food trading, trading on food, food as, a, as a policy to leverage on these things to achieve other goals. So that's why we continuously promote uh, food uh, free trade. All right, Frank Ning, as always, what a pleasure, sir. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. My conversation with Frank Ning Gao Ning. Still to come, APEC economies grapple with debt and climate change, a common cause shared by all of the region. My interview with industry insiders on how businesses from Asia-Pacific region are working to cooperate on climate change. Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to dive in. This week, I'm in the city of San Francisco. The APEC region's GDP grew by 3.3% in the first half of 2023, yet APEC's prospects are beset by supply chain disruptions, debt, and climate change. To navigate through the challenges and develop sustainably, members of the region need resilience. How can they achieve that? And what are the kinds of cooperation they can have? On this and more, I talked to Raymond Chow, chairman of PwC in Asia Pacific and China. Earlier, we heard rhetorics like decoupling. Now it's been switching to another phrase, so-called de-risking. De no matter what it means, there is tremendous concern about global supply chains. Yes. And how to make sure the supply chain will still function and function well. So how do you see this related to sustainable development particularly? One of the biggest concerns of the CEOs today is the supply chain, right. the risk of supply chain. So you know, if you look at uh, where businesses were before, so they were looking at, so the, to deal with the supply chain issue, they were looking at resilience particularly during the COVID period. It was all about resilience, but that's very short term. Right. It's a lot more than that. And today, it's about rebalancing that supply chain. It's about rebalancing driving growth going forward. And that's very different. And it's, it's location considerations. So, and, and obviously China is not a location that any other location can replace, period. So, and China is a big market itself. So it's always been about China for China, China plus one or China plus plus. The, uh, so other than just that location consideration, and you do need to do a lot of due diligence around that, it is about technology. Right. 
you absolutely in today's world in thinking about sustainability you got to bring in technology you need to digitize that supply chain ecosystem so there's transparency there's automation etc etc and that's critical in driving that supply chain going forward and then thirdly and lots of conversations around the last couple of days around ESG climate change and you must every organization must embed that ESG agenda into the global ch- supply chain consideration what are some of the biggest challenges in this uh, uh, grand transformation organizations such as us play a critical role in terms of bridging some of the uh, some of the issues f- for organizations to understand how do you navigate through some of the uh, some of the challenges today that we're seeing in a in a in a in a slightly more divided world different policies and regulations and an organization an organization such as ours being very local but with a network of capabilities helping organizations to navigate through some of these issues and bringing bringing people and organizations Partners together, together yeah. closer. But, uh, but financing is a big issue because uh, we heard already earlier some discussions among colleagues about financing could be easier in terms of uh, investment banks putting their money into the so-called uh, green innovation. And this is money making and it's a short term and it's doing very well. And yet for so-called traditional industries transformation, yeah. financing could be a big budget while at the same time difficult to come by. So, and take a lot of time to digest, by the way, <laughs> once <laughs> borrow. So how do you see the issue of financing? One of the utmost challenge that we're facing today. It is one of the biggest challenges that we have today and the amount of financing need that you're talking about trillions of dollars. Yes. And it is hard and it's, it can't be just, um, so it's both the public sector and the private sector together. And the private sector is harder because the private sector always obviously look at the risk and the duration. And, and that's always been an issue. I think we're working closer together. I think some policies would help. And, uh, and obviously government is playing a bigger role right. in this space. And I think it's just going to take a bit of time. And I think people have to realize the importance of this and the uh, the longer-term nature right. and de-risking, I'm using the word de-risking, some of the long-duration return mm. on, uh, on some of the projects. We have seen one example, EV, electronic cars. Yep. It's doing so well worldwide, right? China is the largest EV product producer in the world. And you see the exports going skyrocketing yes. because the consumer wants it. Yes. Yet, as a result of that, there seems to be concerns about trade issue. Yeah. so-called imbalance by some governments. And therefore, you see, many explain, the tendency of investigating into so-called technologies related to the batteries. And you also see that in the solar panel industry mm. as well. So how do you see, once we already got these technologies, we got manufacturing going on, everybody can enjoy it now, yet politics come in. <laughs> so what about that? You know, our, in, in China, we've always said we, we welcome fair competition, and that's fine. But uh, we certainly hope that, you know, the uh, politics will not come into play that actually make everybody worse off. 
And I think President Xi was very clear in terms of our position, which is we you know, will continue to, um, to open, uh, up. open up, and, and we're seeing that, and, um, and hopefully to drive a better world and make everybody, uh, you know, more common prosperity for everybody. So that's got to be the right direction to go. And I think as commercial enterprises, as an organization like us, we should try and continue to bring more of that, bring people closer together, and for people to see and for people to rise above politics and focus on what we can do together and what we can share together to, uh, to create more prosperity and to, uh, to, uh, to create uh, a better world for everybody. And there's enough for everybody to share and to <laughs> prosper. We hope those uh, that really need to hear this, they have their ears open. Yes. Thank you so much, Raymond Chow. As always, appreciate it. Thank you. And that's all the time we have for today.